from the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. This is Dr. Shelton Smith, and this is Making a Difference. And on this 25th day of November, it is Thanksgiving Day in America. And for many of you who are perhaps off from work today, this may be the first time that you've joined us for our broadcast time. Others of you maybe are with us all the time. But whatever the case, let me suggest to you, let's have a wonderful time of Thanksgiving today. I'm glad that our nation celebrates Thanksgiving as a national holiday. I know there are a lot of things crazy going on. I know there are many, many tragic things happening as a result of the pandemic and other things that we've been through the last couple of years. But at the same time, we have many, many reasons for which we ought to be thankful. We ought to give gratitude to God for the fact that we are here we're able to be up and about. We can just thank God for so many, many good things. In fact, let me read a passage that I think probably is my favorite passage about Thanksgiving as it is given to us in the Bible. It's Psalm number 100, and it simply says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we are ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And then listen to this, verse number four. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Now, I am tempted to just park there on that for a little bit today, but I just wanted to really start the broadcast today with an expression of thanksgiving. I want to say to you, I hope you have a wonderful, blessed day, maybe time with your family. Whatever that you do today, I trust it will be in a spirit of thanksgiving, looking up to God, thanking Him for the country we live in, for the blessings that we have every single day, and I trust that it will be a special day for you for sure. Now, we've been looking this week at a series of messages from the put off and put on section in Ephesians chapter number four. That passage tells us that as Christians, after that we're born again, there are things that should be put away, put aside, put off, the verse says, and then there are other things that ought to be put on. And we've been looking already at the details of that as it's laid out here in Ephesians chapter number four. And I read again the text so that you will grasp what we're talking about, just in case this is your first day with us on this. Ephesians chapter four, verse 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, noticing verse 22 says there are things to put off. Verse 24 says there are things to put on, and you and I need to take note of that. I say what I've already said at least once this week. This is not legalism whenever we're talking about the details of getting our Christian life in place. Some folks make 
legalism their chant and cry because they do not want to abide by any suggestion, by any rules that the Bible may give them about how to live the Christian life. They still want to do everything that they want to do without any attention to the instructions that God has given us. Well, listen, legalism only is applicable whenever you're trying to do all of these things in order to go to heaven. If you're trying to get to heaven based on the fact that you go to church or you've been baptized or you take communion or that you don't smoke or you don't drink or you don't do this or that, that's not going to get you to heaven. You are not going to get into God's family and you'll not get to heaven based on all of these things that you do or the things that you don't do. We get to heaven and we get into the family of God because we're born again, because we have trusted the crucified and risen Christ, received him as Savior, and let him be our Savior. That's the deal here. We put our faith in him. He saves us and births us into the family of God. But once we are saved, does God expect some things of us in our Christian life? Absolutely. There's no question about that. And what he says here in this passage is, the old man, that old carnal nature, is to be put off. We're to push it into the background and every single day do what we can to begin to shape our life like the new man. And you notice here, this does take effort on our part. He says, put off and put on. That's action that you and I must take in order to get things working in our life the way that they should. Now, already we've looked at a lot of the details, but today we come to verse 31 and I read it in its entirety and then we'll look at the individual parts of it. Verse 31, Ephesians chapter 4, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now, there are several pointedly specific things said there. In fact, about six of them in that passage, things that are to be put off, namely bitterness. Now, you say, I don't know whether I have bitterness or not. Well, if you're harboring bad feelings towards somebody, if you're harboring hard feelings to the point of just being harsh about that, and you're turned in on yourself, it's like you've been mistreated, and nobody is doing you right, and nothing is happening to go your way, and you are just absolutely down, down, down about all of that, and you begin to react so that everything relates to that. You can't even go to breakfast without bringing it up. You are in a down mood so that you are not, in any sense of the word, thinking straight, but everything relates to whatever it is that you've got harboring in your heart. The Bible says we have to put those things away. Sure, people get mistreated. We all get mistreated sometimes, but we must not allow those things to be so ingested into us that we become bitter about it. And the Bible here says the new man puts bitterness away. Second thing the verse says is that we put wrath away. Third thing, he says anger. You might look at that and say wrath and anger sounds like the same thing. I think it's just two degrees of the same thing. When we're talking about wrath, we're talking about something that is so vengeful that it becomes violent, so angry that it will take action to hurt somebody. I mean, wrath is just total passionate emotional disorder. It is out of control. And then when he says anger, now, when your emotions boil over, and you get out of control a little bit, and you start yelling and shouting and uh, maybe making statements that you really would not make in a time when you're thinking straight, that kind of anger also needs to go away. And that's all a part of the old man. 
The old man gets bitter. The old man will do wrathful things, very, very stout, hateful things that uh, may be even prone to violence. The old man will do that which is so angry that he has outbursts of his passionate feelings all the time. Then there is another one related to this. Number four says clamor. That means I'm pushing my rights, I feel like I'm entitled, I want what I want, and I'm going to just keep mouthing it and talking about it and pushing for it. And every time you see me coming, you know that I'm after something. That kind of clamoring mentality is not the new man. That's the old man. One more thing where the mouth is at risk and where the mouth is misbehaving, he says evil speaking. And I think that term simply means things that are profane, uh, even slander, where you are speaking evil of somebody else and really doing damage to their reputation. It may also have to do with blasphemy, where you're looking toward God and saying ugly things toward God. Evil speaking is the old man. It's not the new man. And then one last thing there, malice. That is a hatred with the intent to do harm. When you have such a hatred in your heart for someone, that's malice. That malice will drive you to do things that might injure someone or hurt somebody else. I'm telling you, friends, that's the old man. We have so many things going on in our society now. You know, the drive-by shootings and people just doing crazy things out on the streets where other people are being injured. Listen, that's the old man. That's the way of the world. That's the devil at work. That's not the new man. That's not the man who is acquainted with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we stand up. We speak up, we say our peace, we do the things that we think we ought to do to be a vital part of our society. We believe that we ought to be a part of things. We ought to stand up. We can be against things, but we can do that in a way where we are not letting the old carnal man drive us. And whenever we get into bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, evil speaking and malice, we are treading on dangerous ground. That's the old man, not the new man. So, dear friends, this passage is telling us these things are to be put off, and we need to set them aside. Now, one more passage here we'll look at today. That's verse number 32, where it says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So, right along with the put-off passages, yes, we put off anger, we put off bitterness, we put off the clamor. But right along with that, we put on some things. What do we do? We become kind, we become tenderhearted, and forgiving. Now, those are things that anybody can do if you'll simply allow the Lord to lead in your life. Allow the Lord to work in your life. Let Him govern you, and He will, in fact, do for you what you need to do in order to be gracious to other people. You know, this little verse, it says, and be ye kind one to another. That's taught in almost everybody's Sunday school to the little kids in the toddler department, the little kids in K-4 and K-5. They're taught that little verse, be ye kind. And yet sometimes we get to be 23, 24, we get to be 34, 35, 44, 45, get to be an adult. And guess what? We forget about being kindness. We think it's something that we teach to the kiddies, but it's not for us. Well, dear friend, this is an adult behavior that we're talking about here. Sure, we teach it to the children. We want them to learn 
learn kindness in the elementary age group. We want them by then to have mastered that. We want them as teenagers to be kind, gentle people. And at the same time, when you and I get to be adults, it's not the time for us to turn back to these old carnal habits, but instead it's time for us to practice kindness, as the Bible says here, one to another. It doesn't cost you all that much to be kind to your neighbor, to be kind to people at the business place, to be kind to people at church. It doesn't cost you all that much. It just means letting the new man have charge and govern the way you behave. And this goes on to say we're to be tenderhearted. That means we're to be thoughtful. That means we're to have a loving attitude toward other people. And then also it says forgiving one another. You know, other people sometimes may be in a position where they have to forgive us. I mean, you may sometimes misstep and you will have to say to somebody, I am really sorry about that. Would you please forgive me? And if they bowed up their back and said, no, I'm not about to forgive you, you would say, what's the matter with them? Well, I can tell you what would be the matter. That would be their old man saying, no way, I'm not going to forgive. But this matter of forgiveness, it is a part of the way that a new man, the person who's been saved, that is the way we're supposed to behave. And when somebody missteps, Remember Galatians 6, 1? It says, If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, lest he also be tempted. So you and I need to understand that this matter of forgiveness, we're the recipient of God's forgiveness, and likely we're the recipient of the forgiveness of a lot of other people along the way, because often we may have to say, I'm sorry. I mean, if we're really thinking straight, we'll have to say once in a while, I am sorry, and we want people to forgive us and let us go on. But at the same time, we are to extend that forgiveness to others. You say, what are we talking about here? We're talking about putting off the old man, putting off the junky life, and putting on the new man, putting on the very scent of heaven. I mean, getting the great things of God so much a part of us that the new man is in evidence and the old man is in the distant past. We'll look at this some more tomorrow, and I trust that you'll be along with me because we'll look forward to being right back here at this microphone again tomorrow on this station at this time. In the meantime, I hope you'll get in touch. Write me a note. Let me know that you hear the broadcast. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133, or the email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Dear friends, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.